This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, you know it's Taz and Moose. You know it's Taz and Moose. Hey. All right, coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams. With their help, they can help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage that easy. Coming up later on this hour, Justin Tuck, two-time Super Bowl champ with the Giants, former Giant, former Raider, former Golden Domer as well. We'll chat with Justin. Uh, that'll wrap up the program. Coming your way at 8.40 a.m. Eastern Time. We kick off this hour. Here you go. What do you need to know the three it is now time for the three we get you caught up on the three biggest headlines of the day with taz and the moose number one 49ers crushed the browns 31 to 3 on monday night football yes good emphasis there zach they certainly do last night they run for 275 yards as a team at breda with a 83 yard touchdown run to open up the score for the san francisco 49ers and from there it was all downhill as uh as the Cleveland Browns turned it over, what, on four occasions, right? Two picks thrown by Mayfield, a lost fumble by Mayfield, a lost uh, fumble by Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, the Browns got thoroughly throttled out there in the Bay Area. People are looking to see, oh, just how good are the 49ers, right? They beat the Buccaneers, they beat the Cincinnati Bengals, and then they beat the Pen- Ben Roethlisberger-less Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, last night, Cleveland coming off a game in which they got healthy last week against the Baltimore Ravens, go into San Francisco, Monday night game, and would say, wow, look at Mayfield. He's going to have himself a game. Mayfield barely throws for 100 yards, and the 49ers dominate and really send kind of a message to So That would be my first layer is the 49ers had an opportunity, national spotlight, everyone all eyes on them when you look at the NFL. And you know what? They played a hell of a game last night. They sure did. And I, in my opinion, Nick Chubb, uh, Nick, Chubb Nick Bosa, uh, was the star of the game. I mean, uh, awesome edge rusher for the San Francisco 49ers, and he made life a living hell on a, on a Monday night for Baker Mayfield. Uh, like you said, Mayfield had two INTs, and he fumbled the ball, too, on a sack. He was just – he just – well, he was a mess. I mean, 8 of 22. 8 of 22. I mean, really. Like, just not just – just – Bad. Dreadful. Just bad. I mean, just absolutely dreadful. Here is Freddie Kitchens. Let's start with the losers first. Here is Kitchens after that loss. I've got to go back and evaluate it and see. No doubt. Where we're uh, where number-wise, uh, you know, we just got to do a better job coaching it and do a better job executing it. Do a better job lining up and doing a better job of our assignments. And uh, I've got to make sure that uh, we're not asking these guys to do too much. Wow. How about calling better plays? How about talking to your coordinator? How about how about uh, you, you got the talent, dude? I mean, you got all this talent. You can't win. Yeah, I mean, I know the joke was out with the injury, the excellent tight end. I know that, um, but still, you still got Juice Landry. You got a guy named Odell Beckham in there. You got a, a pretty decent running back in a Nick Chubb. You got a Miles Garrett on that defensive end spot defensively, and, and uh, Oliver Vernon. You got some good defensive players. Um, I, 
I don't understand. Taz, they can't block up front. No. You know, they, they, they last night, the 49ers manhandled them up front. I mean, that's that's the other issue you have at, at hand as well, is that uh, that offensive line, there's been a little bit of regression for the Cleveland Browns, too, even with all those skill set and those players. Now it's a job for the offensive coordinator, play caller, now head coach, and Freddie Kitchens uh, to devise a scheme to try and alleviate the stress on that offensive line. And certainly did not do it last night. How about Mayfield, who everyone's rooting for him to be a failure um, and uh, struggled last night as people celebrate on social media. Here's Mayfield after that tough loss. Not doing our job. You know, anytime uh, you stop yourself, which is uh, seems to be our biggest problem right now. Um, you know, obviously, when you do that against a team that's uh, of that caliber, um, you're not going to have a lot of success. No, uh, they're not, and they got it handed to them last night. Here's Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers head coach, as his team's now 4-0 through the first five weeks of the NFL season. Uh, when you play real good defense and you can run the ball, um, it takes the pressure off a lot of people and doesn't put you in a lot of risky situations, um, but also can help you get some easier explosives too. So uh, that's kind of the goal always. Um, you're always trying to work to get the um, type of a team, and um, it's, it's been like that so far, but we're going to have a lot of challenges ahead of us. Now, they are. Now, Taz, the, the 49ers held the football for a tad over 37 minutes. The Cleveland Browns held the football for a tad over 22. I I didn't, you know, and I was off this game because I was watching the Yankee playoff game when, they, when this game got out of reach, and it just looked like kind of men against boys. But think about this second half. Browns ran 11 offensive plays for the entirety of the second half. They had 29 yards. Man. The whole, think about this. In today's day and age of the NFL, they ran 11 plays on offense the entire final 30 minutes of football and at 29 yards. I think they generated just one first down in the second half. I mean, that is, I mean, that is tough. To, you, that is tough to do. It's horrible. That is tough to do in the NFL. You have to be really bad to accomplish that. You yeah, really do. Yeah, that, yeah they got I mean, who knows how long Kitchens is going to last there? I mean, this is—I mean, this guy Dorsey wants to win. Um, I, I, they got to be thinking, man, did we really screw up by not having Greg Williams still here? See, because Greg Williams held guys accountable. He's a hard-ass Jones. I, you know, he's the DC now, the Jets, as everybody knows, and he held guys accountable. Once Hugh Jackson was Gonski early in the year last year, and then the interim head coach, for those that don't know, for the Browns was Greg Williams. He held guys accountable, including Baker Mayfield. Yeah, you're dang right Baker Mayfield wanted Freddie Kitchens in there. You know why? Because Freddie Kitchens is going to let Baker Mayfield do what he wants. Now you got Baker Mayfield acting to do what he wants, and he can't win. He can't get over 100 yards throwing the ball. I mean, really. You got a hell of a running back and show up. You got a good defense. You know, I know your offensive line sucks, but still. I mean, it doesn't suck. It's bad. But you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, you got to look at the coaches, man, on well, this thing, and, too. And no doubt. And you know what I look at is, is even a further indictment of Freddie Kitchens and his coaching staff, Taz? 63 penalties. Well, it's undisciplined. It's, it's Again, the, but see, but you're it's right. It's the most in the but, NFL. But see, but see, that goes back to what I just said a moment ago. Yeah. It's not holding – It's it, when you have leadership that's not holding you accountable – the inmates are running the asylum. I, I don't disagree with you. I, I think it's a further emphasis on the right. point that you're making in terms of the gotcha. 63 little, penalties. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to emphasize the point I'm that you were just crazy, making. The fact that they were sloppy on the field, that they continue to be sloppy on the field, even with a little bit of success like the Raven game, it still comes back to them playing undisciplined football, and that comes down to the head coach because you can't be doing that. 
you know, so you know, you could. Uh, there's some head coaches that equate to you get 80 yards of penalties, the equivalent of a turnover. I mean, uh, you know, so uh, uh, that's something that's got to be cleaned up. And you know, for Nick Bosa, you mentioned him. Good for him. Got a sack. Had a little celebration, Taz, an ode to what Baker Mayfield did when he was an Oklahoma Sooner star uh, in Columbus, Ohio, and planted the Oklahoma flag on on the 50 at the Big Horseshoe. Well, Nick Bosa last night got a sack of Baker Mayfield, and what he did, he did the mock flag waving back and forth and the plant in the turf at Levi Stadium. It was awesome. It was awesome, and, and Baker deserved that because he shouldn't have did that when when his Sooner squad you know, ate up the uh, ate up the the, the Buckeyes in Columbus. He yes. shouldn't have done that. Nope. You know what I mean? Not. So he shouldn't have done that. I mean, they, but you know, he's he's going to be uh, Brass Jones, and he's got to be you know tough guy. And 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 now you, know, you got a guy like Nick Bosa who's a, who's a proud Buckeye. And he remembers it. And he's sitting there in Northern California after he sacked you at Monday Night Football, and he mocked you and made fun of you. <laughs> and, and then you didn't shake Richard Sherman's hand before, before the, the game. game. And then he goes and picks you off within two, three minutes of the game. I know. Being a dumbass, Bake. He's got to clean up his act. There's no doubt about it. And maybe uh, a big old slice of humble pie will get to him a little bit. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. All right, next. Number two. Yankees advance while the Rays force a game four against the Astros. Yeah, on the AL side, they had a quadruple header of baseball. 11, 11 and a half hours of baseball yesterday. And yeah, a lot of baseball. You're right about that. Uh, and the uh, the Houston Astros had an opportunity to sweep away the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, it did not happen. It did not transpire as the Rays win that game going away 10 to 3. Granky not great. Charlie Morton was very good for the Tampa Bay Rays, as was their offense. One of the offensive stars was Kevin Kiermeyer. Here he is talking about his starter, Charlie Morton, yesterday. When we get ahead early, that's when we're our most dangerous. So for us to go up, uh, put three runs on the board right there, take a 3-1 lead early in the game, that felt great. That was huge for us. And then, you know, after that, it's just, hey, Charlie, Charlie Morton, go do your thing. Go do what you do, and uh, he did just that, and our bullpen did a great job as well. Well, they certainly did, and Jose Altuve tipped his cap after the game to his former teammate in Charlie Morton. He was unbelievable today, you know. I, uh, good sinker, good first center. The curveball was, you know, best curveball I probably I seen this year, and, you know, that's the kind of guy he is. Yeah, and now you get a game tonight, Taz, uh, a game four. Verlander on three days rest, never pitched on three days rest in the in uh, in the entirety of his uh, you know soon to be Hall of Fame career, or it is a Hall of Fame career. Uh, so he goes for the uh, Astros tonight. The uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays will have an opener, so there's no defined starter. They're going to go with that bullpen to see if they can get it to a game five back down in Houston. Yeah, uh, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, if you're the Astros, you don't want to play any games here. You, you, you know, you don't want to look past these guys now because they beat you up yesterday. And I think it's a bad look. I said this earlier. I think it's a bad look how many runs that, that, that the Astros gave up to, to, to the Rays. Because, you you know, they might just be looking past this team and looking at the Yankees. And and that 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 could cause your problems. Especially now you got you got the Rays again at home. And those those hometown fans who we've ripped before, both of us. Yep. <laughs> They showed up. Oh, they were great yesterday. They showed up yesterday. They you know did. I, mean? so. I was I, I was like, who's going to a 1 o'clock game down in Tampa? They were there. Yeah. Uh, so I got to eat a little bit of crow. Uh, I was dead wrong on that. And the Rays put on an absolute show. And then you get to the late game in the American League. 840 start out in Minnesota. Game that ended right around 1245 a.m. East Coast time. Uh, this morning, Taz, the Yankees sweep away the Minnesota Twins 5-1 victorious last night over Minnesota. 101-win twin team. 
uh, gets just three playoff games. The Yankees now await the winner of that Rays and Strohs series in the ALCS. Well, that's great. As usual, every day's a holiday for the Yankees. <laughs> they just get the rest. Their starters get the rest. Everybody gets uh. to chill and take a little break. They celebrate. And they sit back and watch some baseball, and they wait to see if the Astros can get past it, the Rays. And and they're in a catbird seat, the New York Yankees. And that's what you get. Hey, they've earned that. When you can sweep a team as good as the, the, the Twins, and you got those big bats, you got guys like Gleyber Torres that goes three for four, you know, and plays great. Homer, two doubles. Homer, two doubles, right, and plays great. I mean, you know, you earned it. Uh, so you, I'm not a Yankee fan at all. I'm a Mets fan, but I got to say, you got to tip your cap. To the Yankees for sure. A sweep was needed. Good job. Yeah, they 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 certainly get it. And you mentioned Torres Taz, 20, 22 years old. And the Yankees made three great defensive plays last night. One by Torres when the Yankees had uh I believe it was a one-nothing lead at that point in time. Um and uh he he went deep into the right field uh, grass, uh picked a you know uh, what looked like to be a single off the bat that would have tied the game up, throws it to first great scoop by LeMahieu, great diving catch by Didi Gregorius in the eighth or ninth inning, um, and it was the ninth inning, and then a great catch by Aaron Judge out there in right field. So the glove was on display last night for the Yankees as they sweep away Minnesota, and uh, they uh, await who they will play in the ALCS, eight wins away from another championship. Yeah, Number no three. No oh, yeah. Nats and Cards both win, forcing two NLDS Game 5s Wednesday. Taz, I can't wait. I love Game 5s. I love Game 7s. You know, we're not going to get Game 7s, obviously, five-game series. But we got two Game 5s. Oh, one good. down in Atlanta, one in L.A. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty good. It it's, makes it even more exciting. I mean, I wish my Dodgers uh, would have would have done the right thing yesterday with the Nats. Didn't happen. Uh, but so hopefully it can happen uh, soon enough here. So we'll see what happens. You know, Game 5s are great. I mean, I, you know, teams that are in the position of a Dodgers, they don't like Game 5. They want it to be done here. No. Uh, same thing with the Astros. For know. sure. You're, you're right about that. And uh, the Cardinals and Braves went extra innings, 10 innings out there in St. Louis. Uh, and you and I discussed it, went in depth. Check out the podcast, radio.com, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, wherever you download your podcast uh, earlier on in the program. Uh, but, Taz, it was the best game of the day. I mean, Braves and Cardinals, if you're a baseball fan, and I've got no dog in the fight, you don't have any dog in the fight, it was just a really, really back-and-forth, entertaining game. Great crowd out there in St. Louis as oh, well. Great sure. atmosphere. Yadier Molina, soon, you know, he's going to be a Hall of Famer when his career is done five years after he decides to call it a career. He'll be up in Cooperstown, New York. He delivers for St. Louis. Ozuna the, played great. Ozuna was great, too. Uh, and Molina with the game-tying RBI single and then what ended up being the game-winning sack fly in the te- bottom half of the 10th inning. Yeah, clutch, clutch, clutch. Molina, no doubt about it. We talked about him a lot earlier as well-rounded of, uh, of a stopper, as a catcher that you could find. Defensively, as a game leader, defensively on the field, uh, his bat—he's uh, just his passion just oozes off of him while he plays uh, Molina for sure. It's always been like that with him. So yeah, now definitely. Uh, listen, it was a great game, like you said. It was a lot of fun to watch. You know, going extra innings. So we'll see what happens going forward. But very impressive by the Cardinals to get that win. Yeah, and I know you root for the Dodgers. I was rooting for the Nats because we kind of went head to head in this series. So yeah. I was really happy for Scherzer, Taz. Elimination games as that he has started in his career. He's pitched to a nearly six ERA. I think it's five nine three. Last night, seven innings, four hits, one run, seven strikeouts. Uh, he was downright dominant when that team needed it. They needed length, and they needed him to be brilliant, and he was bold. He is tremendous. I mean, uh, he is – I am far from a Nats fan, but the Scherzer is just – he is just uh, 
I never get tired of watching him throw the ball. I mean, he's just tremendous, unbelievable. And you got to tip your cap to the Zimmerman. He had a great game. Oh, uh, very good point. Yeah, he had three ribbies and stuff. To, uh, I think it was two for four. So yeah, he played really, really good. And, uh, very, very good yesterday to be the very talented. Uh, <laughs> Dodger team that's probably going to advance. I'm still sticking to my thing. No, I get it. I <laughs> so. get it, but we got a great big... I mean, that is a hell of a game five out there in L.A. where you have Walker Bueller going up against uh, Steven Strasburg in a game five, two game five yeah, starters. Yeah, it's cool. It's great. I mean, that is a good one. Awesome. You talked about Zimmerman. When I, I mean, a long-time Washington National. He's been there for a lot of the failures. Here's Dave Martinez, the Nats manager, talking about what the point you just made, Taz, how clutch Zimmerman was last night. That was huge. Uh, you know, and he's... He understands he understands his role, um, but he, he came tonight and you know got a chance to start. And man, what a what a huge moment for us! And I'm proud of him. Yeah, he should be. Uh, he should be. As the Nat fan, packed that house uh, down in Washington, and uh, they celebrated. So we're going to get two game fives in the National League. That'll come your way Wednesday. If you're a baseball fan, tonight, shortly after seven, down in Tampa. It will be the Rays and Strohs with Verlander on the mound for Houston three days rest as Houston tries to advance to the ALCS. There are your three big stories here. Coming up later on this hour, Justin Tuck will join Taz and myself in studio. Looking forward to that conversation. It's Taz and the Moose here on a Tuesday morning, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Justin Tuck, two-time Super Bowl champion with the Giants, uh, former Raider as well, Golden Domer, will join Taz and myself in studio about 15 minutes from now. Um, So talk a little NFL, talk a little football with uh, one hell of a player in his day. Easily could have been the MVP of the game in both 2007-2011 Super Bowls for the Giants, especially that 07-1, Taz, out in in, uh, Glendale, Arizona. Uh, against the then undefeated Patriots. I mean, his play along that defensive line was spectacular. So uh, he'll join us a little bit later on. Uh, Bogus is in the house, third and final time. What's up, Andrew? Moose and Taz, it was over pretty quickly last night in Santa Clara. In an offset eye, they move a use check to the right. They wind it back. Great block by use check. Breeden, the second level, he may go. But Sheen is loose. 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown! Greg Papa and Tim Ryan on Niners Radio. Matt Breida's 83-yard run came on San Francisco's first play of Monday Night Football. He apparently reached 22.3 miles per hour during the run. Breida also had a receiving touchdown. Jimmy Garoppolo threw one as well to tight end George Kittle. The Niner defense sacked Baker Mayfield four times hit him eight more times, picked him off twice, and recovered one of his two fumbles. Baker just eight completions for a career-low 100 yards. His Browns are 2-3 and three after a 31-3 thrashing. The Niners, meanwhile, stay alongside the Patriots as the only unbeaten teams in the league. 4-0 is their best start since 1990. You guys have mentioned these already this morning. Steelers QB Mason Rudolph remains in the league's concussion protocol, but felt well enough to go to the team headquarters yesterday. And the Bills have dealt wide out Zay Jones to the Raiders for a 2021 fifth-round pick. Would he still get a Super Bowl ring, Taz, when they win it in February? Who? Uh, the, Zay, uh, Jones? Zay Jones? Yeah. yeah uh, mm-hmm. No. No, you're not no. going to give him one? No. Okay. Uh, he was not part of uh, enough uh, plays and didn't play enough offense, Zay Jones, for me to deem for the Bills, once we do win the right. Super Bowl, right. that he should get any, anything. Understood. 
I mean, a good kid, you know, good luck to him, but uh, thanks for coming. <laughs> the, the, the Astros, Braves, Dodgers, and Yankees all in position to advance yesterday, but only the Yankees did. A 5-1 win in Minnesota. That's a three-game sweep of the Twins. Now they wait on Game 4 in Tampa Bay tonight. The ALCS starts on Saturday. Over in the NL, the Cardinals outlast the Braves 5-4-10. and Then the Nats drop the Dodgers. Right-hander kicks the liver. Zim swings and drives one to deep center field. Way back goes Bellinger to the warning track. Charlie slows on Nats Radio, Washington winning 6-1. Max Scherzer, seven marvelous innings. And now there's a Game 5 in L.A. as well as Atlanta tomorrow. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver again addressing the controversial tweet last week from Rockets GM Daryl Morey about protests in Hong Kong. The league issued a statement on Silver's behalf early this morning, and he spoke with media in Tokyo. Silver wants everyone to know... His league supports Smory's freedom of expression, and he'd prefer basketball help two different cultures find common ground, not create new rifts. Instead, though, Chinese TV is dropping preseason games. Upcoming G League exhibition games in the country have been canceled, and the Nets had a community event in Shanghai today that was canceled by the local government. The Rockets, meanwhile, playing the Raptors this morning in Tokyo. Uh, They are not playing defense in this preseason game. Raptors 131, Rockets 129 in the final minute of regulation. In the NHL last night, the Blues, 3-2 winners in Toronto, and the Blue Jackets topped the Sabres 4-3 in overtime for their first win of the season. See you guys tomorrow. All right, Andrew. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) Take care. Have a good day. (laughs) Uh, Here we go. Here's the undercard. Taz and the Moose present The Undercard. The stories from today's rundown that we haven't talked about on the show. All right, Mike, go ahead. No, no it's, in me. For Mike. it's oh. Pete. Apologize. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The Chargers or Browns? Who is having the more disappointing season? Uh, uh, I, I, I got with the Browns. A, that's a good I, question. I think only because there's so much hype around the Browns. I, it's a good question for sure. Better question than Mike would ever ask, but yeah. I would say I would Mike's say the replaced. Browns. Yeah, Mike's replaced. I would say the Browns. I would say the Browns. How about you? Um, I'm probably with more. I I'd agree. I'm I am personally more disappointed in Cleveland yeah. than I am Los Angeles at two and three. They've both been disappointing. Uh, some of the losses that the Chargers have had: Broncos, Texans at home. Um, yeah, but I, I'd still probably say the Browns are more disappointing. The dysfunction you've seen in Cleveland as well. I, I'll agree with you, Taz. I think it's the Browns. Just the amount of attention, you know. Yeah. So much more than the Chargers. I mean. oh, no doubt. And, and Taz, the other thing is I think people were, were – I think people ex- kind of strangely expect the Chargers to fail. Yeah, right. And I think people thought that times were changing in Cleveland, and it's kind of all of a sudden stunning to say, well – Nothing's really changed well, because they're playing the right. same kind of sloppy football that they have. Right, because it's undisciplined. And, you know, the new head coach who's got a great rapport with the quarterback, the new quarterback is Mr. Gunslinger, the new Brett Favre, and all this kind of stuff, yeah. you know, Baker. And then they bring in Beckham from the Giants, and everybody's hook, line, and sinker, oh. including me. I'm like, oh, they're going to, you know, everybody got shot. I was a guppy. Oh, yeah, no, me too. And that's, so that's why, yeah, I would definitely say the Browns most disappointed. All right, right Mike, go ahead. My email address is hashtag I don't care. Thanks, Taz. Uh, we can all agree that the Redskins are the worst franchise in football. Yeah. Who is the second worst? 
The Miami Dolphins. Yeah, that's a layup. Miami Dolphins. Do you agree, Pete? Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I would say so. But they're on. They're they're rebuilding. So well, but and and to play the point that Pete just made, the Dolphins, even though right now and and you know they are a bad football team, as are the Bengals. The Dolphins are the team that are set up most for success long term as compared to the other two. They've got a load of draft choices. Right. They're going to be able to find their if it's not Rosen. I have a hard time thinking it's going to be Rosen, but you know if it's not Josh Rosen, Taz, they'll get their quarterback this April in the NFL draft. They've got three first rounders this year. I think what two first rounders next year. I think they've got an additional second round pick this year, an additional third round pick next year. I mean, they're loaded when you look at draft choices to rebuild this thing. They feel like they've gotten the right head coach down there. We'll see if that ends up being the case, but. I I think Miami's in a better position than Washington and or Cincinnati, but they're the second worst team in the NFL right now. But I think they're there. They will get back to relevancy quicker than the other two. I agree. And if I had a bet on, uh, it's unfair to make this comparison between Rosen and, um, and Haskins. I would go with Rosen. I mean, I just, he's obviously more experienced when he did in Arizona last year. It wasn't a great player, but he was a rookie last year. I don't know. I would go with Rosen. I agree with you. Who, you, who you're hit, hitching your truck to. You know what I mean? I don't I don't disagree with you, but think about if you're Josh Rosen, Taz. You yeah. might have to find your 13. I know. You might because, you know, the draft, man, all these quarterbacks coming out from Jake Fromm to Tua, uh, the kid Herbert out of Oregon, uh, to somebody else I'm missing. But, yeah, there's, just a hand, there's a good handful of quarterbacks coming out to draft. Well, right now there's, I think, according to scouts, there's six quarterbacks that could be drafted in the first round on the college level. There you go. That's so a lot. I mean, you're right you about are, Rosen. Yeah. So a guy like Rosen is going to be in a position where he might be Skrutsky, you know, where he's got to find another team, you know, and then that will be his third team at such a such a young age. You know, for, like I said, from a, a Jake Fromm to a Tua to a Herbert uh, or Joe Burrow out of LSU, another yep, good player. Another one. East, Eastern out of uh, Washington, there's a bunch. Yep. Hurts. Uh, forgot about Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. Uh, whether he's a product of the system of Oklahoma or whether he's a, right. you know, a true pro prospect, uh, that's yet to be determined. But you're right about Jalen Hurts. He's you know leading the way in terms of the Heisman Trophy consideration up until this point, sitting here you know, in, in early October. But uh, we'll see what happens with Rosen. He's in a very, very difficult spot down there in Miami. Uh, because they're judging him and grading him and seeing if he can play, and they don't have a lot around him, which is an impossible spot for a quarterback. All right. Uh, I want to maximize my full physical appearance. Oh, my God. And speaking of drafts, are you interested in the XFL draft? Yeah, Taz, I was mentioning to you during the break. So October 15th and 16th is the um, the NFL, is the XFL draft, right? Eight initial teams, the D.C. Defenders, Houston Roughnecks, Los Angeles Wildcats, New York Guardians, Seattle Dragons, St. Louis Battlehawks, and the Tampa Bay Vipers. Um, and they're doing, uh, there's 1,100 players. If you follow the XFL on Twitter, uh, they ran through a couple of pages of players. Uh, you know, college variety, some guys that got looks in the NFL, some guys that did not, and did some hype videos as well for some players too. Mm. Um, but I believe there are 1,100 players that are going to be available and ability for teams to be able to go out there and draft. Well, I mean, if you've got the right coaches and recruiters and stuff and scouts, I mean, there's, there's no excuse for the XFL not to find the right quality of players. That's a lot of players. That's a gigantic pool, pool, I say, of players to pull from. It's a big deal. That's a lot of guys. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the number. Did you see the number of players that they're going to draft? I thought I saw 82. I don't know. I thought I, I and it's going to be a snake-style draft. I believe the D.C. team got the first pick. Okay. 
and then they're going to run it a snake style draft. Yeah. So then it, they would have you know the first pick obviously, and then come back around, and then they would have what the sixteenth pick, right? Right. So that's the way that would run sixteenth and seventeenth, very similar to what you do in fantasy football drafts. So um, you know that's the way that they're, they're going to run it, um, and we'll see next week. That'll be fun, October fifteenth and sixteenth. See exactly who lands where. What, what are they streaming it online? Is it? I'm sure, I'm sure it's not going to be on TV, is it? I don't even know where it's going to be. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be on TV. I only heard yesterday is that uh, the XFL will announce every pick on on social media. I don't know they'll how sh- they're going to do it, but they'll broadcast it live, stream it live. I should say someplace, maybe on. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure they have a YouTube page. Or- yeah. Or maybe on Twitter they'll do it live. Who knows? So that comes your way next week. Justin Tuck is going to join Taz and myself in studio next. We'll talk to a two-time Super Bowl champion. It's Taz and the Moose here on this Tuesday morning, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, as we welcome aboard right now, Justin Tuck, uh, two-time Super Bowl champion with the Giants, uh, great defensive lineman in his day, and that day was not that long ago. Raiders as well, former Golden Domer for the Irish at Notre Dame, uh, now working for Goldman Sachs, and uh, we'll get into what uh, Justin is working with the Mayo Clinic, Comeback Player of the Year Award. We'll get to that momentarily. Justin, good morning. Thanks for coming in. Hey, thanks for having me, man. You got it. You got it. How have you been? I know you're not retired because you're still working, <laughs> but how is it being away from football? Uh, it's good. Uh, you know, you obviously there's things about the sport and and being in the NFL that you miss. You miss the camaraderie. You miss yeah, the teamwork and the guys in the locker room. But there's a lot of things you don't miss. You don't miss being away from your family. You don't miss waking yeah. up in the morning and trying to figure out how to straighten out your back. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I obviously had a, was blessed to play as long as I played for the teams I played for and um, – you know, there's, I, I definitely stay as close to the game as I can, given what I do for the day-to-day basis, and I, I still love the game very much. Yeah, I mean, look, you seem to be look. You look like you're in great shape. Like you can still play. I'm sure you're in the gym pretty much here. That's and there, how I right? like the I like the fool people. I like, to, <laughs> I, like, I like people to think. I love it when people are like, oh, you should come back. I'm like, yeah, sure, I can. Uh, sure, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. You look great. I mean, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Look you. Great. My wife dresses me. This That's is, it. This is my wife. You're doing. rocking a nice suit. Man. Yeah, you look sharp. <laughs> uh, you know, Justin, when you look, uh, you know, uh, we were talking about it before. You know, you're 07. I mean, 011. I mean, easily. You know, you didn't get it. <laughs> but your performance along that defensive line, and you know where I'm going. Yeah. I mean, you could have been the MVP of either one of those Super Bowls. I mean, you were a, you were a dominant defensive lineman, and there were other guys on that team as well. Osi Minura, Strahan in 07. Uh, but your performance, especially out there in Glendale, Arizona, the way in that defensive scheme put together by Spagnola getting after Brady, but you led the way defensively. You could have been the MVP of that game, or should have been. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. Um, <laughs> listen, man, it's a quarterback league. I understand what it is. How about now? Ball. More than ever, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, but listen, I, I, I do think I had one of the best games of my career. Um, that night, and I'm just happy that it happened on that night because um, that's the biggest stage you can play in, man. And but I, I have, I hear this a lot, and I always say, it, without Eli Manning, we're we're, I only, um, you know, I don't win that game. Mm. We don't win that game. So as, as good as my night was, the fact of the matter is, he won that game for us in that last drive and that what he did to keep us in the game all game long. So 
I am definitely okay with him winning the MVP. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Let me ask you about Eli. On Eli, I sure. mean, you know, uh, <clears throat> what happens with him next season, in your opinion? Um, I don't know. I think I think he has a decision to make if uh, if he wants to hang it up or right. if he wants to venture to go somewhere else. Or, um, you know, I, I think – I do think Daniel Jones now is the quarterback of the future. Right. I think the Giants has solidified that. And he himself and his play has solidified that. Right. And, and in a lot of ways, giving pause to all the people who said that the Giants shouldn't have drafted him as early as they did. I think he showcased why they, they did. Um, he's still going to make rookie mistakes, sure. But he's he's definitely showcased the talent that he has as far as his arm strength, his his decision making and the fact that he he's mobile, yeah. as, and given where we are, as a, yeah, there, yeah, given yeah. where we are as a team right now, I think that that bodes well for for how we're gonna you know try to approach the, the rest of the season. Uh, you know, Justin, I want to ask you one more about that 07 Super Bowl. The the night before, you know, mm-hmm. talking to other guys that were on that team as well, the Coughlin speech the night before that game was it sure. as emotional? You know, as as uh, to hear your coach speak in the terms saying "I love you guys," was it as emotional as everyone makes it out to be? Yeah, it was. If you know Coach Coughlin, you don't. You know, regardless of of what you know about him, and for as I, we always felt that you know he appreciated us, and and I won't go as far. We felt that he loved us. That ain't the, the right <laughs> word, but I think he definitely has showcased you know throughout my time there that he definitely appreciated us and and cared for us on and off the football field, but to have a, a man of his caliber and what we knew of him as far as being this stern and strict and kind of um, blinders on coach to come out that night and say he loves you, you could tell he meant it because he was literally red-faced. Mm. Um, you know that, I mean, everyone talks about these pregame speeches that get you ready to run through a wall. Sure. I think that night we would have ran through, you know. <laughs> Ten walls. <laughs> exactly, yeah. whatever whatever, whatever yeah. kind of analogy you want to put there. Um it was hard to sleep that night because you were so amped up to, mm. to go play the game, man. And I think, you know, for us, it it, it, it made it bigger than just winning the Super Bowl. It, it made it a, a brotherhood. It made it, it it made it look you made it it made it look around. It made you look around and see that you know, this was bigger than a team, it was a family. Yeah. And I think we, we came out and played the next night oh, he played like to it. showcase that. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, speaking on Coughlin, because as <clears throat> outsiders, right? I mean you kinda just touched on it how he he had that as an outsider, that really he held you guys accountable. One hundred percent tough as hell on you. Yep. I'm sure some practices you, you guys probably wanted to strangle him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, but yet, I'm assuming. I mean, I don't just put words in your mouth. There was a, a, a big respect for most of the squad on Coughlin. Sure. Yeah. Uh, listen, I had a high school coach that was ten times harder than Coughlin. Really? Yeah. There you go. And one thing he told me when I was a sophomore in high school, he said, "Don't worry about when I'm yelling at you. Worry when I'm quiet." When you're quiet, right? That's so right. you know. For Coughlin, I think the thing about him was this. When you were new to him, when he was new to you and he hadn't figured out the buttons to push to get you the best out of you, he was very hard, very mm. difficult. But after, after a while, after you've kind of proven that you was a guy that's going to show up and, and do the things that you need to do yeah. to help this team win, and he, he, wasn't that, he wasn't that tough of a coach on you nice. because he realized that this is a guy I can trust, this is a guy that, that gets the system and he's bought, he's bought in, mm. so let me go to the other guys that haven't. Yeah. So if you didn't buy in, <laughs> or he, you haven't proven to him that you you yeah. bought in, uh, you know, yeah, you definitely wanted to strangle him. 
And my first two and a half years there, I yeah, we did not get along. I don't know if he knows that or not, but I, I did not have a fun things to say yeah. about Coach Golfer. But now, man, looking back on it, I, I know that I wouldn't be the man that I am today. Mm. Forget about football. I wouldn't be the man that I am today without some of the lessons I learned from him and, and other guys on that staff as well. That's awesome. Um, did you think at the time, and you mentioned Eli Manning, mm. that you would not have won two Super Bowls without number 10? In 07, when the Eli throws that ball up and Tyree, <laughs> did you think from the sideline Tyree made the catch? You know what's so funny? Everyone, like, you know, We get that question a lot, too, and everybody's like, did you like, jump out of your seat and blah, 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 blah? I'm such a different dude <laughs> on, <laughs> on a football sideline. I still remember vaguely, and vaguely. I might have jumped up initially, blah, 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 but like, in moments like that, I'm so tapped out from everything else. I probably sat there and was like, looking at the scoreboard, and was like, all right, the Patriots, we're going to score. The Patriots are going to get the ball back with 40-some seconds. They're the number one offense in, in the, ever, the history of football. How am I going to beat Logan Mankins on this play to make sure that, <laughs> that Tom Brady doesn't go down here and have a dramatic you yeah, know, yeah. win to the game? That's probably yeah. what I was thinking. And I you – know, but yeah, I do remember that play very vaguely because the moment is so hyped. It's oh. it's so much going through your head at that moment, man. You just you're just worrying about the fact that, like I said, you you have every every belief and all the confidence in the world that Eli and that that team is going to go down and 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 get us a, uh, a game leading touchdown. And all I'm worried about in that moment is just figuring out ways, talking to OC and Stray about things that we need to do on this O-line to make sure that, you know, Tom Brady can't do the things that he had done all year, right? Going down yeah. and, and throwing a bomb that, you know, Randy Moss to win the football game. And he came close to that. He did. He came close. And it's funny, man. I give Tom a lot of credit because we pounded him all game. I, I don't know if y'all remember, but oh, literally remember, the play before he threw those passes to, you know, Jay Alford comes straight up to shoot. And Jay is 300 pounds, and yeah. he was running full speed. And <laughs> that's probably one of the hardest hits, you know, Tom took that night, and he gets up. Instantly calls timeout. The next play, he throws a ball seventy yards. So, I mean, listen, that's that's probably where my mind was during that play. But obviously, the, the Tyree play goes down in history. I, I'm biased, but I just don't see another play in that type of moment with that on the line. New York versus Boston, eighteen and zero. So many storylines around that to make that catch and to be a, as improbable as a player it could be as far as da- you know David Tyree making that sure. catch. Yeah. I just don't see any other play in the history of football being more <laughs> impactful. Yeah. yeah whatever word, whatever word you want to sit there, right? Yeah. For sure. So. And you got and everybody hated on the Pats. And, and even if you weren't a Giant fan, you know, you're rooting yeah. for the Giants. <laughs> no, we had we had we had we had thirty one other teams well, thirty other teams rooting for us that night. No, yeah. I don't think <laughs> and a lot of fans. A lot of fans rooting too. You know, you mentioned loves. earlier about Eli a couple times in this conversation. Um <laughs> and we talked about Daniel Jones for a second, you know, uh, Justin, do you? A lot of people compare, you know, Dan Jones like he's a young Eli. Sure, you see that in him. I see it from the perspective of he's more athletic than Eli. Eli's never been athletic. I don't know if y'all know that or not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, I, like I do see a lot. Like of, a swagger, I, I see you know a I mean? lot of yeah. similarities in the yeah. two. Um, they're both, you know, students of the game, and I, I think that 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 phrase kind of it's overbeared sometimes. Yeah. But you can tell this kid. He's not flashy. He does not care what anybody outside that locker room thinks. And not in a disrespectful way. Right. It's just in a way that, like, listen, I know what my job is. All I care about is going about doing my job and not making – I don't care about making friends or being in this whole social media area of, you know, <laughs> right. having to be flashy and all right. the other stuff that, that just we focus. see. Just focus. Yeah, focus. he's focused. Right. And 
there's a lot about him as far as, you know, <laughs> same height, same build, almost dressed the same. Yeah. Yeah. They talk, they interview similarly. It's weird. It's yeah. very weird. But yeah. you also think, if you're thinking about you know yourself as Gettleman, right, and you've had a guy that, that has been the face of your franchise for 15 years, almost 16 years, why wouldn't you try to recreate that in, yeah, sure. in any way, right? So, yeah. yeah, and it seems like he has. He called Daniel him. Jones. Yeah, exactly yeah, he right. Really did. <laughs> um, you know, Justin, talk a little bit about, you know, you're, you're working with Mayo Clinic, Comeback Player of the Year Award, right? Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about it and how people can find some more information on it. Well, in, in, in the short short sense, you know, I, I had one of these injuries my junior year in college, you know, ACL that kind of um, – you know, put push me back as far as what I wanted to be, as far as draft pick and so on and so forth. So I, I have experience in dealing with this, and a lot of it for me was the the pressure I put on myself, but also felt from people around me to come back uh, and be the dominant player that I was previously. And that that pressure might have been indirectly, it might have been directly, but I felt it. And so I might have rushed back and and not uh, been a hundred percent when I came back. So I, I, I when this opportunity came up those feelings came back up of what I dealt with. And I just wanted to have the opportunity to kind of be a resource and, and, and help kids who are dealing with the same thing. And, and basically what Bale, I mean, the Mayo Clinic is doing um, is we're honoring football um, student-athletes that have overcome these type of injuries, these type of adversities. Uh, throughout the year, we're going to uh, recognize 30 uh, student-athletes. Um, and with the, uh, the end of the season being culminated at, the Fiesta Bowl, where we'll bring uh, three, um, you know, awards awardees um, to the Fiesta Bowl in the, in the 2019 Super, I mean, Fiesta Bowl. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to That's it. Great. I think yeah. it's it's something great. We 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 do a lot of things as far as awards and and recognizing all all these kids for their their special play. But I think this would be the first time that I've seen in a while where we've done the same thing with kids who's overcome adversity and 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 hopefully they get back to where they was previously and and and, and better. Yeah, www.comebackplayer.com is where you can find some more information, and that's a great job by you, Justin. Speaking of the college game, you like where what Brian Kelly's done with the Notre Dame program? I do. Um, listen, <laughs> I am a um, huge fan of Notre Dame. I'm obviously alumni, so I'm biased, but I, I, you know, what he's been able to accomplish, accomplish giving the – the criteria that he has a recruit under, um, given the the fact that I would say ninety five percent of the top one one hundred players could not get into Notre Dame, given right. our our yeah. criteria, and the fact that he's he's been you know top ten team you know the last couple of years, and he looks like he's going to be in, in, on par with that again this year. Yeah. Uh, I am definitely you know happy for him and, and excited for our team, and, and also very thankful that. We got him because he's done a great job there. I think it started off rocky when he got there. Yep. And and listen, I get it. Notre Dame is a difficult place, yeah. uh, but he's he's found his 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 calling there. He's rode he's right he's righted the ship, and uh, I, you know I've, I'm looking at a lot of the, the recruits we got coming in next year as well. It looks like he's going to have another good recruiting class. Um, but yeah, I think this week we got a tough one this week against uh, USC. Yeah, um, it's a big I wish, game. I wish I can make it out there. I, I, <laughs> I might catch a quick flight and go down. But, uh, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm definitely excited about this team, and I'm, I'm hoping, obviously, great success to him and and, and Irish this week. Hey, I don't know if you got a chance to catch any Monday night Monday night game last night, but this game, very very briefly. Uh, yep. Nick Bosa. Yeah, I mean, but I, yeah, tore yeah, it up, dude. Yeah. I mean, just you know, off the edge. You know, 
you, you, you're an expert. I mean, you're, you're the man. Uh, he was playing with some vengeance there. Yeah, 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 a little bit on Baker, right? He, just I mean, a little. <laughs> he's something else, though, right? I mean, no, no, no. no. With him, he he right? can play. He can play. Quick I, hands, I, man. I had the opportunity to talk with, um, you know, Jed York and and a lot of the the, the 49ers staff at the Super Bowl this year. And that's the first thing they said. Like, I was like, who y'all going to draft? And they didn't, they didn't come out and say Nick Bosa at the time. But, I, I mean, everything they were saying was like, listen, this kid is phenomenal. Mm. And obviously you see what his brother's doing as well. He's, sure. he's another yeah. good one. So it seems to be running through their, their veins. Yeah, that, too, back yeah, in the day. Yeah. Back in the day. So yeah. he yeah, obviously has a lot of people. I don't know how surprised I am. I am a little bit. But I they – they did the right things as for the people they brought in, free agency, and 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 the pieces they brought in um, through the draft to build that team the right way. Sherman is playing phenomenal, sure, uh, and his leadership component as well is is been obviously additive. Um, yeah, that team that team's gonna. You know, they're going to be in it for the long haul this year, it looks like. Hop online, www.comebackplayer.com. Mayo Clinic Comeback Player of the Year Award. 30 student uh, college student-athletes going to be honored. Three will be invited to the Fiesta Bowl. Hey, Justin, continued success with Golden Sacks. Thank you so much for time we this morning. appreciate it, man. Hey, always a pleasure, guys. I you appreciate got it. it. Taz and Moose, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.